This is Steve Hiles welcoming you to episode 35 of the Teacher Rockstar podcast, a place where tips and strategies critical to the new teacher are discussed. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to implement restorative practices in schools. Now, I did address restorative practices back in episode 10. However, uh, during this episode, I want to specifically talk about how to implement uh, restorative practices. Okay, but before we start today's episode, a quick word from our sponsor. Would you like to 10x your classroom management skills? Well, if you're a brand new teacher, a student teacher, or a seasoned teacher for that matter, the Teacher Rockstar Academy course is for you. Gain the confidence, the skills you'll need to crush it on day one and beyond. Take advantage of our one-on-one coaching, email support, and super cool bonuses. Enroll now at TeacherRockstarAcademy.com. That's TeacherRockstarAcademy.com. Or simply click the link that's on my Teacher Podcast main page on the left side there. So go ahead, invest in yourself, and set your teaching career on a new trajectory. Okay, let's dive right in. Today's episode, as I mentioned earlier, will be a more focused approach towards how a teacher-student bond can be established and strengthened. Before we talk about ways of implementing a new concept, it is of equal importance to understand the need and the concept. In a normal setting, okay, suspensions and expulsions as disciplinary methods are causing problems in our schools today. Those factors prevent or discourage young people from completing their education, a concept known as school push-out. It has severe, lasting impacts for students and commonly affects historically disenfranchised youth. One study followed all 1 million 7th graders in Texas for six years. And according to NPR, they found that 60% of them were suspended or expelled at least once between their 7th grade and 12th grade. I mean, isn't that just amazing? And of the 15% who were expelled 11 times or more, half ended up in juvenile justice facilities or programs encompassing an average of 73 school days. They repeated grades and failed to graduate high school more often. So, in other words, they're effectively pushed out from the school system. Fortunately, experts believe there's a better way to address discipline problems without suspensions or expulsions. The use of restorative practices has emerged as a popular method for helping youth stay on track. So, what are restorative practices? Restorative practices are also uh, is known as restorative justice. Now, it's an approach to classroom discipline that encourages conversations over punishments like suspension and expulsion. This is thought to encourage students to talk through their emotions to get to the root of the problem. Once the person who has done wrong has admitted it and made it right with the group or the individual, they can be re-admitted into the class. The International Institute of Restorative Practices describes it as the practice of fostering connection and community between individuals in a group setting. Schools that use restorative practices focus on community attempting to build empathy among students by helping them understand themselves. Why what they have done is wrong or harmful to their community. Instructors 
take a more collaborative model than the norm, conversing rather than at their students, but rather trying to engage in one-on-one -on -one conversation as often as they can. Now you will find several highlights that all claim to be restorative practices, but it all boils down to a handful of practices. So to give you an idea, there are five tips, okay? Number one, mindfulness practices. Two, using restorative circles. Three, using effective or emotional statements. Four, forming collaborative class agreements. And five, having a problem-solving anchor chart for the classroom. Now, we will be discussing them in further detail, but first another word from our sponsor. Imagine having unlimited monthly access to educational products, instructional videos, top-rated teacher podcasts, and articles worth over $1,000 for just the price of a small pack of chewing gum a day. Wouldn't that be awesome? And you know what the best part is? You get a seven-day free trial. That's right. So what do you have to lose? Check it out and take a look around. Go to MyTeacherMembership.com. That's MyTeacherMembership.com. I will be adding more products and more value each and every month. You're going to love being part of this teacher membership community. Okay, let's start with tip number one, mindfulness practices. Such as meditation are recommended for increasing a student's focus and can also help reduce stress and anxiety. Sitting, for example, for five minutes and doing nothing but focusing on their breathing can help clear students' minds connect them to what they are doing, and leave them better able to handle the rest of the day. Mobile apps like Headspace and Calm can help guide the student through a mindfulness session. Tip number two, restorative circles. One of my favorites here. This practice is regularly used in the restorative practice model as a way to encourage conversation and the sharing of experiences as well as an opportunity to brainstorm. The Center for Restorative Process said that circles help with leadership skills, self-awareness, relationship skills, and self-management. When in a circle, there is a centerpiece and a talking piece, an object that whoever is talking holds. When that person is holding the talking piece, it is their turn to speak without interruption. Common discussion topics in these circles include group issues like class lessons, daily check-ins, and conflict resolution. Tip three, effective statements. Effective statements are also known as I feel statements, and they provide a framework for students to tell others what is wrong and what can be done to solve a problem. Students can use them with each other or with another uh, a student. It can be as simple as I'm feeling and then what the emotion is, when that you, whatever the behavior is, because, and then whatever the reason is, and I need, and then they make a request. Students fill in those blanks to open up to their peers. Writing it on a piece of paper is also a form of passing that energy to the other person so that they can understand and calibrate their behavior towards them. This allows students to communicate a problem and emotion, then provide a way to resolve the situation without introducing blame. Very important here. Tip number four, collaborative class agreements. They are much the way they sound, a code of conduct that the whole classroom creates together and agrees on. The idea is to give students a sense of pride and ownership in the workings of their classroom environment and make it more likely that they will abide 
by those rules. Tip 5. Problem Solving Anchor Charts These charts categorize common events likely to happen during the school day and then provide actions students can use to deal with those events. A model that can be used is the categories Big Deal and No Big Deal. The correct action for a big deal situation, for example, a fight, injury, or a similar problem, is always to tell an adult. A no big deal situation can be worked out between students. Now, how to get started. The restorative practices world is a world that many educators fear simply because they do not know a lot about it. Educators are rarely trained to an adequate level in how to make restorative practices work in their daily lives. Teachers are usually shown the heavy-duty reentry circles or conflict mediation to demonstrate the power of restorative practices. But this often leaves teachers intimidated, overwhelmed, and asking how uh, this is going to work for them. Now, the best and most practical way to implement restorative practices in the classroom is to start small with some basic restorative skills that can be practiced in your classroom and even in your life outside of school. Now these skills are listening, effective communication, and curiosity-based questions. Once these skills have been practiced, lived, and embraced, then the teacher can begin working uh, into the heavier duty restorative practices. Okay, So start small. Okay? Now one of the best ways to begin is simply listening. While the concept of listening seems self-explanatory, we as teachers do not always do it. Let's face it, right? We are often trying to do a million things at once and in turn never really listen to our students. We hear them, but do we listen? In a restorative classroom, there's a couple ways that we can demonstrate that we're listening. First is by mirroring their emotions and feelings about a topic. If they are serious when they are telling you something, then be serious as you listen. Second is by demonstrating active listening and paraphrasing, saying things like, what I'm hearing you say is, and then go on and say it. Third is by being present and validating their feelings. If they are telling you something, make sure you are in the conversation, not planning your grocery list. Okay, A big part of being present is validating their feelings. Now, you can do this by making statements such as, I understand why you were upset, or I cannot even imagine what you must be feeling. And thank you so much for sharing with me. Implementing restorative practices on a school-wide scale is hard work. I'm not going to say it's not. Okay, Especially for a single teacher, it is nearly impossible. But when there is a new model um, that needs to be introduced, the best way to start is in your classroom. You see a group of students in conflict. Try and pitch the idea of solving the problem by listening to each other's arguments and figure out what makes more sense. Become the neutral body to solve their conflict. The word practice is a clear indication that such schemes are supposed to be uh, made part of a, of a natural setting. Okay, may not only be implemented through discussion, but also through demonstration in real-life scenarios whenever you come across one. The effect of restorative practices in schools. The school push-out phenomenon has been linked to more than just dropout rates. Okay, When students drop out, they're more likely to end up in the criminal justice system. A 2016 study named Outcomes of a Restorative Circle Program in a High School 
setting sought to explore restorative practices in action and see whether it actually could be of benefit to students in a real-world setting. Well, authors of the study spoke with students and, and faculty at a school where over 90% of the students were African-American and three-quarters of the student body qualified for free or reduced lunch programs. Authors of the study found some real benefits of using restorative practices in the classroom. According to the study, students shared using circles on their own problem to solve and teachers were more likely to talk things out with their students than jump right to punitive measures like suspension. One student involved in the study said they preferred using circles to solve their conflicts over suspension. Now, many districts that are new to restorative practices are under the impression that it is a program to implement. It is not. Restorative practices are about shifting the mindsets and developing the capacity of stakeholders like students, families, teachers, administrators, receptionists, cafeteria staff, security staff, etc. So they are invested in the culture and climate of the building and accept responsibility for maintaining a safe, enjoyable, and productive environment for all involved. When stakeholders are invested and properly trained, we are able to effectively sustain healthy school climates and respond effectively to breaches in our social contract. Well, this brings us to the end of this episode. Thanks for listening to the Teacher Rockstar Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Hiles. We hope you've enjoyed listening to these tips and strategies on how to implement restorative practices in schools. When you have a moment, visit my blog and subscribe to my newsletter for the latest educational research, freebies, and other unadvertised bonuses at stevesclassroomresources.blogspot.com. That's stevesclassroomresources.blogspot.com. And don't forget to subscribe to us at the Teacher Rockstar Podcast. And if you'd like to support us, please feel free to share our podcast with others, post about us on social media, leave a rating and review. That would be super, super cool. Thanks again. We'll see you same time, same place next week. And remember, my friend, you got this.